I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse, a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that can make us all be encouraged, want to hear what makes these women passionate and get up in the morning or what they wish that they'd known earlier in life. Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. Today, I'm really excited to have with me Winter Thorington, and I cannot wait to kind of dive into her world. It's a little bit different world than I exist in, and maybe some of the listeners, but I know that she's got some passions and hobbies and part of what she's doing with her life. I just cannot wait to talk. So welcome, Winter. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited. So let's jump right in. Winter, if somebody asks you who you are and what you enjoy doing and what you're preparing for in your career and what you do, how would you describe yourself? Um, I would say that I'm a person who loves the outdoors and anything to do with the outdoors. Um, I live outside, essentially, and uh, that's where I like to be pretty much all day, every day. All right. And um, so where, what are you doing now? What, what is your world consisting of um, at this point in life? Well, right now I'm a senior at Auburn University in uh, forestry and wildlife sciences. My major is forestry. Um, I'm preparing to graduate in May of 2022 and uh, hope to get a job in forest management or procurement once I graduate. I would like to stay in Alabama. That's my hope. But um, when I'm not in the woods cruising timber or um, checking logging crews, I'm at my horse farm riding horses. I'm on one of Auburn's uh, equestrian teams, and um, I have two horses that I ride with them. And uh, so when I'm not in the woods, I'm with my horses. Wow. So I know that that is a very involved life. So I want to unpack some of that. A wildlife forestry degree is not an easy degree. It is very time consuming and Auburn um, has the ability to pair you up in real world working situations to where you get some practical hands on. Talk to me a little bit about that program, what led you to that program, and then um, maybe one of the coolest or two or three of the coolest things that you've done in your Auburn stay. Um, Well, what inspired me to go to Auburn and to go into forestry was that I'm a third generation kid, I guess, to go to Auburn. And my grandfather actually went to Auburn University for forestry, and he was the head of uh, tree improvement for the state. And so that's kind of what initially inspired me, I guess, to go into forestry. But um, my mom was a huge Auburn fan and went to Auburn as well. And she has kind of pushed Auburn the whole time I was growing up. But I love Auburn just myself, too. And so when it came time for my senior year and I was having to look at uh, what I was going to do, I knew I loved the outdoors and I loved horses, but I had this calling, I guess, to 
go into forestry after I'd chatted some people. And so I got into Auburn's forestry program and it's been great. Um, I love it. And I love all of my classmates and all the professors there. Uh, if usually between uh, your junior and senior year, Auburn will try to encourage you to uh, get an internship with a company. And they're really good and proactive with bringing these companies in with the forestry club and having them speak and offer internships. And so um, I applied for a couple of internships, but ended up going with RMS. And uh, I went to Pace, Florida this summer and worked with the Pace office um, for RMS as an intern. And it was a really good experience. And I really liked uh, the company that I got to work with for the past three months. I just got back home down in Florida for the whole entire summer. Tell me what RMS is. RMS is a resource management services. And they are a company, I guess they're based out of Birmingham. They're, that's where their corporate office is. And they are a management, forest management company. Um, and they own t some Timberland and uh, we manage it and manage hunting clubs as well okay well that's that's really interesting um i guess you can tell that i have a wildlifer in my family because i go wildlife forestry and i think the the joke is if you're wildlife you say wildlife first if you're forestry you always say forestry first so um but that pro <laughs> <laughs> that program is intense and then you also aside from internships in your club and such you get research opportunities sometimes to work with professors do you not you do um i have not really delved into that um but you do get some opportunities to work with your professor professors and um i know they give you other opportunities uh outside of um the internship sometimes they'll like send us uh emails with job opportunities in the area that might pertain to forestry or um especially when you're getting ready to graduate they're really proactive and trying to help you find a job too now you were at auburn last year when covid hit and that just had such an impact on everybody but part of what you do can't stop in the field that you're in so how did that impact you in your classes and and the work you were trying to accomplish? Oh, it, it impacted it in a really, really big way. Um, last year was uh, the summer that I was supposed to go to summer practicum down in, at the Dixon Center in Andalusia. And COVID had just kind of ramped up around that time and Auburn University was saying we weren't allowed to hold like in-person class. So um, we were the first ever class forestry class to not have summer practicum in person oh, no. at the Dixon Center. Wow, that would be yeah, so that so was, hard. Yes, it was it was very hard because um even my grandfather recalls going down to summer camp. It wasn't at the Dixon Center, but it was down in Andalusia and he recalls going down there with all of his friends and all of them going through the classes together through the summer. It's like it's a big deal for Auburn forestry majors and the wildlife um yeah. people get to go down there too as well. So I know it was it was a big letdown for a lot of us, um, but we still had to like learn the information. So some of the classes we were able to continue to kind of hold online, but really they just played catch up with us in the fall semester and trying to 
get us down to the Dixon Center a couple of times on the weekends to try to catch up with our classes. And so um, we took a lot of hours that fall to try to get up in person because you can explain, oh, yeah, this is a tall timber type of tree or this is pole wood. But until you get out in the woods and start walking around and measuring the trees and seeing the heights yourself, all yeah. that's just kind of, oh, yeah, that's what the professor's saying. <laughs> you, I mean, like yeah. forestry is a very hands-on major. So is wildlife. And you got to be out there in the woods to learn about the woods. You can't, you can talk about it all you want, but until you're out there in it, it's, it's just a whole different ball game. Oh, I can imagine. And, and you also have the, um, the teamwork and the job that you're going into, what you're looking toward, you automatically are in a team or, or getting information for a consumer so that teamwork and having to to figure out things together and navigate together um that that can be huge but you probably have had that kind of all along of of building your team that's why you know your your classmates probably more so than some other majors where there's so much independent work mm -hmm. oh of course i think i know my classmates better than a lot of my friends that are in different majors because we'll all hang out together and we all, we're just all really good friends. It's not just, oh, well, we're at class, we're with these people. We hang out outside of class too. Um, yeah. A lot of people were saying, well, y'all didn't get that same bonding experience like y'all would have if y'all had lived down at the Dixon Center together for those months. But really, I think we kind of caught up in the fall and we're all really good friends now. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you had to figure out new ways, new ways that those who came before you have absolutely no concept of because they had, they didn't have to, to figure out and navigate um, pandemic. And at the same time, you're also seeing an industry that you're working in that has gone through some major changes and hits because of COVID. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. So did you get to see some of that impact this summer with your research management company? A little bit. Uh, so they are kind of on the mend, I would say. Uh, now we're just, this summer, the biggest deal was the rain down in Florida. It was oh, yeah. a bunch of places, and so it was hard to get the timber out of a lot of those places. But um, and it, it did take a hit back when COVID came because, you know, places were shut down. Uh, in some ways, though, forestry wasn't as badly affected because uh, most of the foresters will go out and cruise alone or um, go and do their own office work at home. So being in the office wasn't vital. So them working through the office through COVID wasn't ne a necessity. So they were able to kind of work remotely and still go out to the woods by themselves and uh, work and stuff. Um, but I know when uh, people got sick with COVID, like on the logging cruise, there aren't usually multiple people that work on the logging cruise. So if somebody got sick, they were kind of down and out. They weren't able to just bring in another cutter man or another skitter man or another loader man. It was really hard to find work if somebody got sick. Oh, wow. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, you don't come in and just create teams every day. You pretty much have a team. So, and some of the places mm -hmm. are a yep. bit more remote. Well, um, so, mm-hmm. So this is kind of where you pictured yourself headed as you were thinking career and, and um, what you wanted to be when you grew up? In a way, um, when I was growing up, I always saw myself with horses. 
Um, but as I got older, I started to realize that horses are pretty expensive and trying to make a living off of it can be very difficult. So um, I just looked into some other routes and I forestry kind of like resurfaced again. And I was like, well, I, I think I could definitely live with being outside most of the time. And I like just the life of forestry, I guess. And um, yeah, I've really enjoyed this past summer and it's just all kind of come together. So I don't, wouldn't say I've necessarily always seen myself as a forester, um, but when I saw or like was considering it my senior year of high school, um, I'm definitely happy with where I am now. Well, I have a couple of questions coming off of that. One, um, for a good long time, that was a very male-dominated career. Is it as much now from what you can see? Um, I know in the classroom, it's it's gotten a little little bit more female interest, but have you run into that at all? Oh, very much so. Um, I'm the only girl in my grade at Auburn. I'm the really? senior girl. So um in forestry. Yes, ma'am. So mm -hmm. I definitely see that. And down in my office, down or down at the office down in Pace, Florida, I was the only girl um besides uh, our accountant, Miss uh, Kathy. And so I was the only girl out in the woods, so to say. Yeah. Um, but so, yes, I, it's still very male dominated. And um, it's been good, though. All the guys I've been with have been wonderful to be with. They're all very nice and considerate. So, I mean, it is male dominated, but you can't let that hold you back or think any differently. You can get out there and do it just the same. So how, what do you do? How do you get your mindset right and not be intimidated? Well, it's what I love to do. And if you love to do it, why should you be intimidated by it? So that's kind of how I see it. I like being out in the woods. I like hard work. I kind of learned that through horses. It's hard work. You got to be out in the heat. If it's hot, you got to be out in the cold. If it's cold, there's no kind of like, well, it's cold today. I'm just going to stay inside and not feed the horses or not take care of the farm. <laughs> you, just, yeah. you still got to go outside. And if you love to do it, it doesn't matter if it's cold or hot or whatever you, if you love to do it you'll be out there doing it that's kind of what kept me going forward let's go down the horse trail um you have grown up around horses really involved with horses have been um or you are on the equestrian um team at auburn and so where did your interest start in, in horses how did it not just become the the little girl idea and you just grew out of it so tell us about that part of your life when i was little someone at my church noticed that i loved animals it wasn't necessarily horses but they saw that i had a very big interest in animals and she invited me out to come ride her horses and so i did and i kind of got hooked on it from there i started riding out at a farm in pike road called foxwood farm about 15 or 16 years ago i want to say and so my trainer out there has kind of taught me i started riding about 15 or 16 years ago and uh, I started riding out at Pike Road, uh, Foxwood Farms on Pike Road with Susan Wainwright and um, I kind of just fell in love with it from there. I'd never got rid of the horse bug, I guess. Well, there's more to it than just riding. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so with the horse, with the horse riding and, and being involved in horses, um, I, I just learned recently that horses can... <laughs> be 35 or 40 plus years old. I had no idea that yeah. it wasn't, you know, like a dog lifespan. 
So I was really grateful that no. before he went down that road, I was like, she ended up working at Barnes and, um, and kind of fulfilling her need and love that way. Um, so when you go into a barn, what, tell me what it's like for people who aren't horse enthusiast and they just see the pretty shiny coat and you riding. Tell me more about it. What's, what's the day in a life of someone who is truly committed to horses? Well, it can definitely depend uh, if you're into show horses or regular horses, but um, it usually involves a lot of waking up early and going to feed them in the morning. And then um, once you feed them, you have to bust them off and make sure whatever they've done out in the pasture the night before, they aren't hurt or anything like that. And then you get them ready for the day according to kind of what their schedule is. Usually, like, the older horses will go back out in the pasture, and the ones that you have in training, you'll keep in and uh, train them one at a time with whatever you need to start doing with them. Uh, usually, for my horses, I keep them in and then uh, either um, jump them or uh, flat them, which is like dressage work. And you took your horses with you to Florida this summer. Yes, I did. That's the first time I've moved them with me somewhere. Um, but that is also the first time that I've ever moved away from home, really. Uh, when I'm at Auburn, they still stay out at uh, my trainer's place in Pike Road. But um, this summer, I took them down to Florida with me just because I would be in Florida for almost three months. And I didn't want to not ride them for three months and get um, them get out of shape. It was just the two of them that lived at this horse farm. So they lived out in a 10-acre pasture, uh, just the two of them. So they had a lot of food to eat. And while it was hotter, I would say, I think they did enjoy it. Um, I would ride every day after work around 5 o'clock, 5 or 6 o'clock every day. Being on a team is a little bit different, isn't it, than, you know, just having your own schedule or desires that you're wanting to do with the horse what you're wanting to teach so what's it what was it like to be on the team how do you how do you even approach being on an equestrian team okay so the team that i'm on is called the eventing team and it's not ncaa recognized so we're not fully sponsored by the school uh we're starting to get more recognition from the school which is good but um so far we have won two national championships at the collegiate level uh, with our team and it's definitely a little bit different than just going out and riding and kind of having plans for myself but it's also not super um, strict yet I don't think uh, we have some team trainings that we're required to go to and we'll train together but um, really I think it's more just being it's self-discipline so you can do it well on the team um, because we don't train together and not all of us keep our horses at the same farm uh, a couple of the girls keep their horses together in Auburn and they try to take lessons together or ride together. But um, uh, I keep my horses out on Pike Road and one of the other team members or two of the other team members actually board with me. So sometimes we'll ride together. But um, really, it's just like having self-accountability to keep yourself in shape and your horses in shape to be able to go to shows and do well rather than um, training together because we don't have an overall coach or um team trainings weekly. We'll have team trainings about monthly right now. We have a president and a vice president, and um, we have chairs for the different things that we do. Like we have a, a clinic chair and a volunteer day chair and a show chair. 
that all kind of help organize the team and keep it from kind of going into chaos mode. So um, we have different people and set in place to help, um, I guess, keep the team in order. Yeah, yeah. And make sure nothing kind of like gets wild because like keeping in, in order who's all going to what show and what horses they're taking and um, how many shows we're going to and what shows we're going to. We have people that help organize that within the team to help. And uh, we have monthly meetings where we come together and decide what shows we go to. And um, there are already a select amount of shows that are collegiate uh, recognized. So um, that would mean that we're able to get points for our uh, school. And so uh, the other teams from other schools like Georgia and Kentucky and Mississippi State will go to these shows with us and we'll all compete together in um, team challenges. Oh, so almost like a you've got intramural kind of level things and then outside your your immediate school but yet within like an area so that that that's an interesting way way. yeah so still it costs money i mean it costs money to transport a horse from point a to point b so for sure how, how do you how do you handle that i mean college is not usually a place that that um money rolls fl- freely and then um there's just no. there's so much expense to the keep up and to then you add the travel H- how do you deal with that how do you plan for that well i work in college i teach horseback riding lessons at a farm called red fox farm and um after school i'll go and teach lessons there for a couple of lessons a day usually or um if i have a big afternoon that's open i'll teach throughout the afternoon Um, and that's how I kind of help offset some of my expenses. I save a little bit of money uh, by trailering myself. I have my own truck and trailer, so I don't have to pay anybody to take my horses. Um, but it still is very expensive and my parents are good and help me out and I'm thankful for that, but, um, it still is very expensive and you have to work hard to be able to keep doing it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. I mean, it's not like you buy a uniform and you're done. I mean, it's, it's, um, because you also have that, that you, you have to purchase for yourself and whatever necessities that the horse has. So that's, um, that's complex. It's a whole industry. So, um, so do you, do, do you see yourself always, being involved in it. I know once in love with uh, and having a passion for horses, you you don't lose that. But do you see yourself being involved competitively? That's what I hope for. Um, I hope I'm still able to compete even after I uh, get a job when I graduate uh, to keep my two horses that I have now and to compete with them and maybe get another horse along the lines to kind of take up the levels in eventing. Yeah. Um, but yes, I always see myself definitely having horses for sure. What would you tell that parent who's like, oh, no, that is so much effort and money. What What would you tell them that valuable lessons that you got from from being involved with horses at a young age and then continuing it through your collegiate years? What would you tell that parent to encourage with the child? I would tell them that uh, the horses definitely teach your kid hard work and responsibility because um i know when i was uh starting to ride and stuff it was 
I was in charge of like whichever horse I was riding for the day. If that horse needed to be brushed off or hosed off, that was like my responsibility. And if I needed to clean up after him, that was my responsibility. And anything that horse need, needed was my responsibility because horses can only help themselves so much. And so um, horses definitely teach you responsibility and um, they humble you too, I would say. <laughs> um, I know when uh, I would say about two years ago now, my horse Ferris, we were doing really well at a show and we had a really good day on cross country. He came in clear and I was feeling really, really good for the last day. We were sitting in fourth and I was going to qualify for area championships and it was going to be a big deal. And I tacked him up on that Sunday to take him down to the show jumping ring and he just didn't feel right. And I knew that I probably could take him in the show ring and try to jump him, but I could just tell something was wrong with him and decided to withdraw from the show and have a vet look at him instead. And so I feel like that takes a certain level of maturity and humbleness to say like my horse is more important than winning a show or qualifying for a championship or whatever. That, that is a big decision because as an athlete, a lot of times you have that same responsibility to yourself, but, and, and sometimes you go, I'll just do it. But you're dealing with mm -hmm. another being and that, that is huge. Yeah. Something you can't talk to either. You can't be like, Hey, how are you doing today? Is it your left hip or your right hip or does your foot hurt? You can't necessarily ask them that or say, how much does it hurt? Do you think you can push through it? You got, you got to make that decision for them. And I would rather make the safe decision than the decision that hurts my horse. He always comes first whenever anything like that happens. Yeah. Wow. Well, tell me about what's, what's your most fabulous memory or experience? And then what is your disaster boulder in the middle? And you may have just touched that, but um, what can you think of some experiences there that are just seared into your mind and heart? Well, I would say one of my best experience. Well, I have like, I know I have a ton of good and bad. I've been in it for a while now, I would say. And so I've seen a lot. Um, but one of my most recent good experiences is that I took Ferris to a show here recently and we scored a, 23 and dressage with five tens, which some people might say oh yeah that's just numbers but those are some really really big numbers <laughs> and uh i still smile really big thinking about that but um we won um but that score and dressage just it really sent it home because usually it's, it's a really really big deal if you get 110 on your test but i got five tens, so wow. um, that was a really big moment for the both of us uh I think we've had some several low points. Thankfully, nothing just absolutely earth shattering or terrible. But um, I would say back two years ago when he came down to the warm up, not quite right. The vet had concluded that maybe it was a pulled muscle in his back, but we weren't really 100% sure what it could have been. He could have just been sore, but um, it wasn't a huge injury. He came back after it about a couple weeks later. But um, yeah, just any kind of injury or setback in horseback riding is can be discouraging and get you down, but you got to remember they're animals and they're not machines and you can't push them too hard. And they're, they have sickness and health and good days and bad days and good sleeping and bad sleeping and good moods and bad moods, just like we do. So you have to kind of just roll with the punches and 
uh, be good with whatever they need. How do you know when your horse is in a bad mood? <laughs> oh, you, you know, they might come down to the show ring or just the arena and not want to do what you're asking them to do or actually fussy in the barn or they'll be upset and call to their friends or, you know, you know, they just won't be riding quite like they normally do one day and, you know, they're just in a bad mood or sometimes they're lazy and don't want to do what you want them to do or whatever. Thankfully, both of mine are usually pretty agreeable, but they have their bad days too. It sounds like personalities and uh, they come. Oh yes, they have. They both have personality. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I, I laugh about it. Sometimes children, they come with, they do not come with a blank slate. They come with some predestined um, personality traits and you can steer them, but you might not be able to change it. Winter, what about your family? What about growing up? Do you have siblings? Do you, um, what, what was growing up like for you? Um, it was really good. Um, my mom and my dad have been super supportive of everything I've ever wanted to do. Um, they wanted me to try just about everything before I tried horseback riding, but when I kind of figured out that that's what I wanted to do, they were supportive in it and um, really good about it. And they're still very supportive of me riding and continuing to have my horses. Um, and then I have a younger brother. He's 20 and um, he's in the Marines and he's at Auburn for um, aviation management. Oh, wow. So y'all both sound like you have a, desire to be free and kind of uh, go with the wind just a little bit. So his might be in the air and yours <laughs> on the ground. But um, so do you think yeah. that, that your parents kind of instilled in you a, a reach for the highest that you can and, and just find those experiences? Oh yeah. I think that they've, even though they don't know much about horses, they, do want me to do what I love. Um, I would say my trainer though has pushed me more to kind of reach for the highest and really uh, push me in the horse world, so to say, um, and doing better and how to do better and how to work hard. And my parents have definitely been there to support it, but I would say that she's giving me more direction. Yeah. A lot of times as a parent, it's finding that person who can give that. And my kids are into jujitsu and um, Isaac has done the, the, um, the MMA fighting and it's like, you know, I can cheer, I can support, I can, I don't even know who to say you should talk to, you know, those kind of things. But as a parent, it's just uh -huh. the standing on the sidelines and being the encourager sometimes is, is all you need from, from them. So, um, mm -hmm. for sure. Well, where do you see, what, what would you tell yourself? Um, if you look back, what would you tell yourself as a, you know, 12, 15 year old, what would you tell her about what was coming or what she ought to do? Mm, I would just say that hard work pays off. And, um, I, I've always kind of just worked at the barn or, um, to help pay for lessons or 
uh, to be able to ride more horses in a day or just to learn more about the sport itself. But um, I'd always worked hard as a kid to be able to do that. And I would just say that it pays off in the end and that it's, it's not for nothing. And um, one day you will see like where it was all going and everything. You're starting up. And what do you anticipate this year? What are your hopes, dreams, plans for this um, year? I'm hoping for a smooth senior year. I'm hoping that COVID doesn't shut us down again and that we're able to stay in person and go ahead and finish up our senior year strong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I sincerely hope that as well. Do you have any big classes that are um, just kind of looming over you that I, I don't think y'all have easy senior years? So, um, <laughs> but do no, you we have uh, you're going, oh in the spring, gosh. we have senior project that's pretty big. Um, all of it's kind of big. So I think I'm just kind of getting ready for all of it in a way. Yeah. I'm kind of just enjoying my last week and then I'm going to get to work, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What do you know what you're saying? Your project, what you're thinking you want to do? Um, well, we have to write up a management plan, uh, for a, a person that owns, uh, some land and it's usually a group of four people. And um, we work on it all spring semester pretty much and uh, write up that management plan and cruise the timber and tell the owner what we think they should probably do with it. So um, I have an idea of what it's going to be like, but actually doing it is another thing and yeah. working with your team members to get it all done. Well, and then you throw an element in there of a landowner. So, mm -hmm. you know, you yep, have to... For sure. So you have to be able to present to them something. And the one thing about your career choice there is it involves um, big money decisions for that landowner. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes, for sure. Does that Lots scare you? Money, big money decisions. Um, it, I guess it would depend what company I would go to work for. Um, some companies kind of have it layered, so I once I get hired on, I won't be making the big money decisions off the back bat. Yeah. But um, along the way, with some training, I wouldn't be super intimidated. But well, how do people get in touch with you if they wanted to um, learn more about the horses and your riding or, um, or even take lessons or boarding or whatever, whatever you might have going? Um, they could get in touch with me with my email at winterthorington at gmail.com. Okay. All right. Well, Winter, this has been awesome. I have one more question. If you had a superpower and you could use it any way you wanted to, towards your work or towards your fun, um, what what would it be? How What would you choose? And uh -huh. How would you use it? And why would you even choose it? I guess it would be useful to know what my animals are thinking be able to tell what's wrong with them if they had something to say. Yeah, 24 hours of conversation with your animals. Winter, I thank you for taking the time out and, and talking to me um, and wish you all the success and uh, having a great year and then as you launch into your career. Okay, thank you so much. Alone down my yellow brick road and the stars
to the beat of my own drum. I got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams going boom, boom, boom. Find Stacked Keys podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, cry a little, and find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it, from family to philosophy to work to meal prep toward beautifully surviving life. There's a great big world that I want to see and a whole lot of things that I want to be. All I got to do is count one, two, three.